0: Stephanie Johnson leads a fitness class for women here at the church from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's all for this week's segment of FFM News. Enjoy the service.
1: Good morning, FFM. I say good morning, Firm Foundation Ministries. How are you guys today? Guys, can you come take this table for me, please? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> in here, amen. It's so good. Uh, there's a group that are uh, pretty uh, tired from uh, getting everything put back together from the uh, wedding and all those things. But I just want to give everybody uh, a great big old hand for making the Aquino wedding happen yesterday. Let's give God praise for that, amen. Uh, this week it's good. Uh, we got a, a couple of announcements that I want you to, to remember. Of course, they shared with you that youth groups are meeting tonight and Bible memory, so you'll want to remember that. Keep that uh, on, uh, on your forefront. And uh, remember, um, as school gets started back in, those, that's also the time when Sunday school uh, classes and those particular things begin to change, new, new classes are added. And so we'll have some announcements about that here in uh, the future very quickly. Um, so, um, we do, uh, I don't have the final numbers though, but, um, the, you, many of you know that the auction for the car that Delton Hershberger donated to the church, uh, closed yesterday. We, we have some final figures, but not just yet. So we'll have that announcement made for you, uh, here pretty soon. But, uh, I think it was a generous, um, offer for the car that's going to bless. That's going to go, uh, the donation for that will go three ways between, uh, Illuminate Aftershock and Bible Memory. So let's give God praise for that. And also, uh, if you have signed up for um, Edge Bible College that starts September the 8th, uh, we'll get you some more info. Uh, Cindy Bagley, who is the secretary of our Bible College, she will be in contact with everyone who signed up at this point. uh, It's incredibly encouraging that 56 people signed up for our first fall semester. Come on, let's give God praise for that, right? So, uh, I'm excited about that as we work through these three semesters um, uh, and uh, for the first year. Uh, But imagine this, uh, we have four or five high schoolers in there, and as a church, we're going to be able to give a high school uh, student an associate's degree uh, before they get a High school diploma. Think about that. And, it, and it's incredible. Fully accredited associate's degree. So uh, some of you high schoolers, you're going to want to consider this in the future going forward. So uh, this is our first year. I'm asking you all to keep us in prayer as we get our feet under us uh, with our inaugural year of our Bible college uh, right here in little old Centerville. Uh, so as God grows that, it's going to be incredible um, uh, to look forward to that. Amen. Uh, there's, uh, there's some uh, and things to be encouraged about in the sense that um, you know, this fall is happening and uh, school's getting started back in and those particular things. Uh, but today we have uh, some incredible guests with us who are going to be bringing the Word of God and ministry to us today from Elam Fellowship all the way from New York. It'll be Alex and Jody Seidler are here. Let's give them praise. Amen. <laughs> And so, um, uh, in just a little while, Alex is going to bring the word, and uh, Alex and I are just brothers from different mothers, so uh, you're going to enjoy that in just a little bit. So stand with me in this place, amen? So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, just to enjoy His presence, to worship with Him in spirit and in truth, and uh, we just want you to... um, Press into the things of the Lord this morning, amen. Let Jesus touch your heart and life. I just feel like the Lord has brought us into this place not for a sense of religious duty, not out of a sense of religious ceremony, but I to embrace the fact that God loves being with His people. Amen? And the Bible says it's a promise to us that God inhabits the praises of His people. And I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where God feels distant. I think we all go through those times. But there's a promise from the Lord that says if we will praise God, He will draw near. Amen? And that word inhabit means to dwell. It means to live. It, it doesn't mean to visit. It means to take up occupancy. And so in our praise... Both individually and corporately, God dwells there. And this morning in this place, you have the freedom, amen? You have the freedom to celebrate Jesus. And that's what we want to do. We have come here to give Him glory, to give Him honor. And so, I want to give you the freedom to move out. If God moves on your heart, right, to do ministry during worship, you come forward. Someone will come and minister to you. We just want to see Jesus be Jesus in the house, right? So, Father, in this place today, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your glory. God, we thank you for your anointing and your power, God. Fall on this place, Jesus. Invade our hearts, Lord. Lord, as we exalt you, be glorified. Let our celebration testify to the lost and dying world that, Lord, you are good. And you are worthy of our praise. And everybody said? Come on, give
2: the Lord a hand of praise. Oh yeah. Come on, how
3: many know we serve a mighty good God? From the rising of the sun to the very setting of the sight, his name is worthy to be praised. Lord you are good and your mercy endureth forever Lord you are good say Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever people
2: from every nation generation
3: your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good, say, Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. come to praise and celebrate a good and mighty God he's a bridge over troubled water amen come
4: God you are so good to us we celebrate your goodness And we worship you, God. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Come, have your way. Do whatever you desire to do in us, through us, with us, God. We surrender. We surrender to you, to your way.
2: Still stand.
3: I was in a hospital for about a week. See, but God speaks a lot of things when you're going through trials. See, when I was going through and been sick, sick and tired for so long, you forget how much pain you in until Jesus delivered you. Yeah. <laughs> hey! You forget, sometimes, it just gets simple to you. See, that's why I have to get down here for a second.
1: <laughs> oh.
3: <clears throat> See, because God said, if you stand on his promises,
4: yeah.
3: you shall be healed. Oh. He said he'll help carry you through trials and tribulations. God, will put your marriages and your financial situations back in order. Once you stand on the promises of God, see those things that was over your head are now under your feet. I don't know about you, but I serve a good God. I serve a mighty God who's a bridge over troubled water. I've seen him move so many times in my life and i've seen him move in some of your lives too so don't tell me you can't worship god you ain't got nothing to praise for because he's a good god and he'll stand up and deliver you i just wanted to tell you that my god is good and we can worship him and praise the soul. because he is worthy of his praise amen he is
2: worthy
4: Sing out All I Need Is You. by the side of the road I hear you speak you won't let go I fall to my knees as I lift my hands to pray i got every reason to be here again Father's love it draws me in and all my eyes want to see is a glimpse of you cause all I need is you All I need is you, Lord. of my Savior once again When my soul be without your Son who gave his life to save the earth Rest in the thought that you're watching over me all I need is you All I need is you. you
2: Lord,
4: it's you, Lord. all need it's is you love every horse all I need is you all I need is you
0: If
5: Isaiah 63, verse 13. It's, it's talking about God delivering his people. It said, who led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness that they might not stumble. And, um, I don't know about the rest of you, but I, I have definitely been in seasons, and especially lately, where I just feel stuck. Like I can't go do anything else because all my options are closed. <laughs> and um, part of that is the journey to the, to the promised land. You know, when you're walking through a parted sea, where are you gonna go? (laughs) The only place to what to go is like a step in front of you and you take one step at a time to get through and that process is so that what has enslaved you and oppressed you and tormented you cannot follow you into your promised land. And we need to go to the process of freedom from our oppression. (laughs) Um, Same thing with a horse that is led through the wilderness. How do you lead a horse through the wilderness? You tie up its face and pull it with a rope and you lead it. And some of us probably feel like we're in that place where we're just like, oh, I'm going someplace and I don't know where I'm going and I don't wanna go there. And you have to pull it by a rope because otherwise it just goes back to what's familiar. But once it's established in its new place and it gets loose, it goes back to what's familiar, which is the new place. And so God, if you're in that place where you're feeling like, me, so many ways, um, it's because God is bringing you into a promised land. And so many times we just think, if I would just make better choices, this wouldn't be so hard. It's like, no, God is surrounding you with his presence so that you have to arrive in the promised land. And I just want to bless you with that. Like, just because it's like, wilderness or... You know, I'm trapped, I'm stuck. God is leading you. Get there.
0: I had a vision of a field, and it was beautiful, and there were flowers. And on one end of the field, there was Jesus. And on the other, there was just a man, or a woman, or whatever. And they started running as fast as they could with their arms wide open they were desperate and crying and right before they got to Jesus they fell face first and they stood up and they dust themselves off and they kept going and they hugged Jesus like they've never hugged anyone in their life I feel like there's somebody in here and there's people in here who are going through something right now And they feel like they've just fallen and they've gotten right there you're so close you have to just get up dust yourself off and keep going and you'll get to him and you'll get that hug and he'll be in your life forever so if there's somebody in here today that feels like they're falling and they can't get up I give you the courage and strength through God to stand up dust yourself off and keep going it gets better come up to the altar if that's you today and somebody will pray for you
4: ¡Ay, And I'll stand
2: with untied heart up and in awe of the one
4: we owe you our lives all that we could ever give you God would never compare to what you've given us God all that we could offer you God is just wouldn't even begin to cover the cost of what you've what you've given for us So we surrender to you. God, we rejoice that you chose to step in. You stepped into our Egypt. God, when we were in bondage and enslaved, God, you chose to step in. We worship you, Jesus. I won't forget the wonder of how you brought Deliverance, the exodus of my heart you found me
2: You freed me, held back the waters from my knees, oh yeah, You're the The God who fights fights for me, me. Lord Lord, of every victory, victory. hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea, you You have led me me through the deep, hallelujah.
4: Hallelujah fire by day Is the sign that you are with me The fire by nine, night Is the God who lies to my feet
2: You found me You, you freed free me Held back, back the water, water. Oh, my release Oh yeah
1: Give Lord a big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Father, in this place, Lord, we enjoy your presence. We celebrate your goodness, God. You are exalted here, Lord. You're exalted, Lord. Rest in our hearts and lives, God, as we continue, Lord, to just worship you in spirit and truth in your word, by your power, God. So, Lord, as we sit under the anointing of the word this morning and have your way, we pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Come on, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. You can be seated, and we'll dismiss the kids here for Children's Church. Oh, man. Wow. You know, sometimes after you've had a long week, some of us are talking about, uh, you know, the sometimes events take three, four, five days out of us, and um, it can be exhausting. But, man, you come into the presence of God, you get renewed, right? You get renewed by the Spirit, right? Times are refreshing, come from the presence of the Lord, amen? And it's so good. Uh, we, we have reason to rejoice for sure. The joy of the Lord is, is, is full in the house, and I love it. Uh, this morning, um, we're going to take advantage of an incredible opportunity we have, just because sometimes distance and geography take place. And uh, there's nothing we can do about that. But the vision of the God is, of our God is global. Amen. Hello, somebody. I said the vision of our God is global. Yeah. And I said uh, a little while back that I enjoy being in, in the room with, with guys who make me uncomfortable. In particular, in particular, um, in the fact that um, I can be a dreamer. Amen. And that probably takes you by surprise. Uh, but when I'm in room with guys who dream bigger than I do, it makes me a little uncomfortable, but I like it. And uh, I can tell you this morning that I've had more than a few meetings uh, with Alex, uh, hearing the vision of God that's been placed in his heart, and uh, especially the fact that the gospel's global, and that you shouldn't be afraid to think globally just because you feel like where you are at or where you are from is limited uh, to your borders. And um, Centerville, Michigan is much like uh, Lima, New York. Um, you got to get lost to find it. And all the towns around it tend to swallow it up because they are bigger than it uh, because of population or Uh, just commerce or those type of things. But I remember that Jesus was not born in a town like that. As a matter of fact, nobody even knew about Bethlehem until Jesus was born. But God's vision for the globe came out of a little place that was unknown until God birthed something in it. Oh, can I preach today? No. Where's Amy? Take a note. Amy Carpenter is my, she, she's taking notes. Anyway, and I believe that about Centerville and people think I'm crazy. But I believe that about Centerville because it was the vision God deposited in your elders' hearts here at the founding of this church. The reason that our church is called Firm Foundation Ministries, plural, is because there was always a vision to be more than just Local. And I appreciate their heart in pressing into that. And then to meet uh, Alex and Jody um, and to hear the fact that God is on a global mission and we are on mission with God, it inspires me and encourages me. I I love to talk about church planting. Amen. I love to talk about uh, equipping the saints uh, to do the work of the ministry. I, I love all of those conversations where we've had... How do we do it? How do we finance it? How do we go? Who do we send? Uh, All of those impossible questions just inspire me to think more. And so, Alex and Jody obviously are here because um, they were incredible mentors to Breno while he was at Elam Bible College. You may have seen a picture they wore to the rehearsal that says, uh, white dad and white mom. Uh, Hilarious. Um. But in that relationship, um, I I feel a kindred spirit. And so I want to invite them to the stage this morning, and I want you to give the Lord and them a hand as as they come today, right?
6: I'm so happy that I make you uncomfortable. That is like, that's going to go on my bio now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, he's a missionary. He's a pastor. He makes Don Smith uncomfortable. That's just like, you wear that as a badge of honor. Come on now. Uh, but it's such a great morning to be with you. My wife's gonna take the morning off. She danced a little too hard last night. We actually left before the dancing began because I knew we wouldn't even come home if that happened. So, um, I texted Breno during the service and said, "Bro, I'm bummed you're not leading worship this morning. This is awkward. You know, I wish you were up here, but I'm sure they're having fun." But uh, what an amazing time to be alive, amen. Look at your neighbor, and be like, "I cannot believe you made it." Tell him. Look at him right now. Look at your neighbor. Global pandemic and everything, you look all right. Say that to your neighbor right now. Not too shabby. Say that to your neighbor right now. Can you believe we made it? I think I was looking at my, uh, I, I, the reason I post so much on Facebook is because I don't have a brain or a memory. So I need to look through where I traveled and where I've been and what. So the last time I was here was in September of 2020. And we were just on the other side of getting through all the chaos of shutdowns and stuff. But wouldn't you know it, God is still moving. What did you know? Because uh, th- th- there's really only one gear in the kingdom of heaven, on the dirt bike of heaven, and it's forward. Somebody say forward. Okay, there is no reverse. There is no lateral. We're the ones that go reverse and lateral. God is always moving forward. And I'm telling you, as I evaluate my life since last September, when we were just coming out of the shutdowns, we we're coming. I'm telling you, God has done some amazing things. In fact, I'm, it's exciting to report, in the past 12 months, we've sent more missionaries overseas during a global shutdown than the previous four years combined. Come on, somebody. That, that's not because I'm a good recruiter. In fact, I'm a bad recruiter. Because if you're not called overseas, I don't think you should go overseas. The greatest threat to global missions is not the enemy. It's Christians that think they're supposed to be overseas, and they get over there, and they just totally fall flat on their face, and they take out whole churches and whole networks with them. Listen, we need people that are called by God during this hour to rise up and say, God, I'm willing to go. Now, don't get me wrong. All of us are involved in the Great Commission. The Great Commission is for all believers. And if you're into Bitcoin, where are my cryptocurrency people at? You can raise your hands. It's okay. I see you, Pastor Brian. Like, here's the deal. Like, God is raising up entrepreneurs in this hour, not so we can be wealthy, but that the kingdom can grow. So I believe the Great Commission is not just about young families and young people going overseas. I believe God is mobilizing in this hour all people to fulfill the Great Commission. That involves prayer warriors, intercessors, financers, entrepreneurs, cryptocurrency people, and yes, those crazy people that will say, I will get up and I will go overseas. Amen. That's how I feel inside all the time. I don't know where that comes from. Is that how I make you feel inside, Pastor Doug? Ah! Okay. <laughs> Somebody say Forward. Forward. That's what I believe truly what God is breathing in this hour on planet Earth. And I have the amazing honor and privilege to work at Elam Fellowship. Pastor Chris Ball gives his love and greetings to all of you in this church and Pastor Don and Lisa. And because I'm the global director, I get to connect with all of these movements all around the planet. And we have amazing churches in Latin America. And guess what they're doing? They're sending people to the unreached places of the world. We have amazing, we have a a four million Member church in China, the underground church. What are they doing during this hour? They're raising up missionaries to take the gospel further. We're seeing this amazing trend all around the world. And it's not like we're in cahoots. We're not like in a WhatsApp group where we're just texting each other and saying, "What are you guys doing this week? What are you feeling?" God is breathing globally in this hour. That it's not just like like there's been a trend in missions of the West bringing it to the rest. Americans in England and the UK. Let's bring, let's bring that. That's missions from yesteryear. What God is doing in this hour is He's bringing the gospel from the reached to the unreached. Listen, if some of us were in the underground church in China right now, you'd be set on fire. They are going after it. Their worship services go for five hours. They, go, they call it halftime. Then they jump back in. You know what I'm saying? Like they go for it and they have amazing Chinese food afterwards. But God is doing something in this hour where even the churches that don't look like ours, they might be a little bit more liturgical. They might be a, go a little bit longer. God is doing something in this hour to unite his bride for such a time as this. And why do you think that is? It's to take the gospel further. You see, I believe, like, even the time that we're in right now, the Olympics, it's not, it's, it's no, it's no, God is doing something right now. It's no coincidence that I was delayed a year and God in this hour is saying, watch the world come together in a fresh way. Just as we can gather for games, we can gather for the Great Commission. And I believe there's something, I just got the gold medal, I think. That's very good. Thank you. I'll take a silver though, Pastor. Like, in this past season, you might have been confused. God was never confused. Listen, we had family members die from COVID. We have all sorts of people. We, we, we went through pain. We went through all sorts of question marks. God was never confused. God, does not, God did not cause COVID. God did not cause this demonic thing to come upon planet Earth, and he got any joy from it. But you know and I know God can take the worst of the worst, breathe upon it, flip it on its head, and turn it for good. And that's what he's doing in this season. And that's not just a revelation of Alex. That's, I'm telling you, that's a global revelation. People are seeing it. In fact, our churches in China, we raised about 15 grand in about one week. Way back in like January 2020, we raised funds. We sent it over to China. They bought all sorts of masks. And what they did is they sent masks. They bought like 100 plus thousand masks. And so they sent them to all their churches all around the area. And they said, give some to your friends and family. Give some to those that are sick. But what they did is they reserved boxes of masks. And what they did is they went down to the local police stations. Somebody say, po, po. Okay, even in America, you don't want to necessarily go there right now. But I'm telling you, in China, you definitely don't want to go there, okay? These are the people where it's like, you know, we used to go to the post office. We used to have the faces on the side, you know what I'm saying? That those pastors' faces are on the side of those stations. They go into those stations All the cops in the room freeze what they're doing and just look at the door. They're bringing boxes of masks, and they're coming through, and they're saying, listen, we know that you're trying to get us. We know that you're trying to shut us down. We know that you're after us, but check this out. If you you want to understand what we are all about, this is it. No strings attached. This is for you and your family. Are you guys safe? This is for you and your family. What is going on? See, the church in China caught wind that even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of the crisis, God was doing something to bring the gospel forward. God was doing something and breathing upon it. And I pray that we in this hour would also catch it with the same heart, the same spirit that says, God, whatever circumstances we're in, I pray that we discern and we catch and we move forward. Amen? Let's pray as we jump in this morning. God, I pray right now. That your Holy Spirit would come in and bring a radical alignment right now to your mission. A radical alignment. Not a missions call that we all have to think about going over. No, it's a missions call that says, God, I want to be in your great commission. I want to be in displaying your radical love to the world around me. I want to be in for helping your gospel go forward. So Lord, I pray that you would breathe on this message. I pray that you would speak to our hearts and you would cause us to rise up. As we get out of this place, we rise up and stand and run towards those in our lives that need you. In your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You see, it's simply this anything that you magnify in your life grows. Where has your attention been the past 18 months? CNN? I just call it SinNN. You know what I'm saying? That's why I call that channel. Ha. Fox News? Jody watches BBC. That's like, you know, the UK. Like they can make fun of us and we're okay with it. You know what I'm saying? But where has your attention been? Where has your affection been? Because wherever that is, that thing will grow in your life. I heard it said this way also, is whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. And there's competing attention right now in our lives for doing the one thing that matters. You see, the hardest thing, I think, of the Christian faith is to keep the simple things simple. Come on, somebody. The longer you stay a Christian, the more complicated it gets. The, more, the longer you stay a Christian, the more rules and things that you get. God is saying, listen, there is a simple mission that I'm after, and it's seeing this entire planet changed by my love and my son, Jesus Christ. That the ultimate display of my affection for the world was my one and only blameless son stretching out his arms on the cross and saying, this is for you. How much do you love me? This much. This is how much I love you. Hey, do you want some wine to take away the pain? No, I don't want the wine. I want All of the pain and the suffering and the affliction and the shame to come upon me. Why? So the world may come back into reconciliation with the Father. That's the simplicity of what we're going after. So calling people into professional ministry, I believe that's not the right call today. That's why I say I'm a bad recruiter. I'm a really bad recruiter. I would love y'all to go to the mission field, but I want y'all to stay here and do some work. I need some of you to stay in your jobs. What I need though is a revelation of saying, God, your kingdom's moving forward. Help me to align my life. They're not the enemy, I'm the problem. You see, the harvest is always ready. Sometimes we're not. Jesus said, the look up and see that the harvest is white. And he's not just talking about white like the color. When Jesus says, lift up your eyes and see that the harvest is white, what he's actually talking about is he's talking about if you don't pick the grain today, it dies tomorrow. There's a tremendous urgency when Jesus is gathering his disciples in tribe, trying to help them understand the immediacy and the focus and the simplicity of the message. We have to act today. The kingdom of God always moves Forward. We have to try that again. The kingdom of God always moves. My prayer today is that we magnify the call of God and the mission of God in our midst, so it grows in our hearts. That's that's my goal today. You see, something's stirring up, I believe, apostolically on the planet. To sum up what I'm saying right now, I believe something is happening where nations are coming together in a fresh way to fulfill the Great Commission. I believe what's happening right now is that nations that they don't even speak the same language, but they're working hard to figure out how do we communicate and join together to see a fresh expression of the kingdom of God in our day. If you have your Bibles, open up to Acts 1-8. That's where I'm going to dwell today. Because I believe God is actually renewing this strategy in our day right now. Here, here in, in Estados Unidos, but also all around the world, I believe God is renewing Acts 1-8. You see... I'm a missions guy, so I have to preach about the Great Commission. You guys know Matthew 28. You have to understand, in the context of Matthew 28, get, 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 get like in the disciples' mind, okay? It's like Jesus dies on the cross. You're like, oh, no. He comes back to life. are like, oh, yes. And then he hangs out with you for 40 days. You're like, this is the best. He's never going to leave. And then he gives the Great Commission. He says, listen, go into all the world. Make disciples of all the nations. Now, just get, your, get yourself in their mind, What does all the world mean to the disciples? What do they travel, 20 miles in a circle? Like 40 years? Like I have no idea what that means. But this great, amazing, as Jesus is floating away, he calls down to them, go into all the world. They're like, okay, like the world's flat. What are you talking about, Jesus? Like I don't know. Like they have no concept of what that means, but I can see them getting really excited. And here's the thing. General missions produce general uh, excitement. But here, Jesus, in Acts 1-8, pierces through and describes to them what that Great Commission actually looks like. And as we read through it, the excitement of, we're going to see Michigan saved, but then it starts somewhere locally. That great idea gives me a lot of excitement, but Jesus actually then breaks it down for the disciples so they understand the mission and the heart of God. So here we are in Acts 1-8. He says, but you shall receive power. Somebody say power. Power like some of that worship power this morning. holy. Can we give it up for the worship team this morning? Woo! I was ready. That word power is, you guys should know, you're a, we're all edge Bible school students now. That word power is dunamis. Somebody say dunamis. And that word is dynamite. Somebody say dynamite. That's what that word means. That is a miraculous, miracle-working power. Isn't that amazing that Jesus is about to give us a great commission. He's about to give us a great strategy of how do we see the kingdom of God move forward. But you have to understand, if you think you can accomplish what God has on your life and your strength, that is the biggest joke in heaven. Okay? If you believe that you can fulfill the call of God in your life and you've got it, you have no clue what you're talking about. Why? Because there is a great power for the great call in your life. There is a great power that God wants to give you, and we'll get to why you need that great power in a second, but there's something on your life. How many of you ever listened to Jerry Seinfeld as a comedian? Do you guys know that record from 1998? I'm telling you for the last time. Does anybody know that record in here? Just me, the heathen? Okay, good. Um, it's one of my favorite comedy records of all time. It's amazing, and uh, and in that in that uh, in that uh, comedy record. He has a time where he talks about, he says, the greatest example of how men handle things is when they go to the mattress store and they buy a mattress that's king size, they put it on top of their car, they put one and a half cords around the top, and they say, you always see that guy driving down the highway doing 80 miles an hour with his arm out the window holding on to the mattress. He's like, that's the epitome of mankind. And he's like, listen, if you're going 80 and that matches on top of your car, if that catches wind, he's like, now you're a man without an arm. But for some reason you think, I got it, I got it. And that is us trying to handle the call of God on our lives sometimes. You have to understand the call of God on your life, young and old, different backgrounds. It doesn't matter. The call of God in your life is so great. Sometimes we go through life and we just have our arm out, going like, oh, I got it. I figured it out. I took my Myers-Briggs test. I know my personality. You know, I came up front for prayer. That's all. That. I got it. I got it. No, no. You don't have it. Because once that wind catches that call and that thing's gone and you're trying in your own strength, it doesn't matter how strong you are, you are not able to handle it. Friends, this is why we have good news in Acts 1.8. Even before we get into the strategy, Jesus says, wait, there is a fresh power coming upon you. Miracle working power. Not power so you look good, power so the kingdom moves forward. Come on, somebody. We have enough famous Christians out there, okay? We don't need any more famous Christians. We don't need any more famous Christians gathering thousands of people in a stadium. What we need are thousands of believers that are faithful, filled with a great power, saying, God, bless me as I go to work today. I want to see your miraculous power spread in this place. So many times, so many times we pray for God to deliver us from a situation that he's called us into, that we're the solution like many of you are doing right now. Like, Lord, can this guy just end it? Come on, man. We had a long wedding yesterday. Sometimes we go into work and we pray and we have our family or at a family reunion, whatever you're saying, God, can you send someone to these people around you? He's saying, yes, I did. I sent you. You're my hands and my feet. To express Jesus in that situation. To express Jesus. Stop praying for your family to get saved by God sending someone to them. Start saying, God, I claim salvation from my family. Now fill me with fresh, miracle-working power and allow me to step into that situation. God's calling you to be a change maker young and old. Doesn't matter what your background is. This isn't for, like, people that really love Jesus. This is for everyone that has put their faith in Jesus and said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. He says, awesome. Follow me into the most dark, deep, dank places on the planet because that's where the light needs to go. Great power for what? Jesus says this. You shall, okay, so check this out. Great power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be my Witnesses. Now, some would say witnesses. Now, when you say that, a lot of you picture the LeBron, like the, you know, we're all witnesses. You know what I'm saying? The big thing in Cleveland. That's not what that word means, though. Edge Bible Institute, people, you'll learn this soon. That word witness means martyr. As someone who dies for their faith. So imagine the first half of the sentence, you will receive great power. Everyone's like, oh yeah, we've been waiting. We knew Jesus had something else. He didn't give it to us. Oh yeah, to be a martyr. It's like, oh, it's like, that's not, that's not as exciting. Okay, the Great Commission, very exciting. Be, make disciples in all the nations. Like, ah, you're going to get great power to be a martyr. Why do we need a great power? It's because it requires great sacrifice. You see, in order for the gospel to go forward in the nations and the the areas that I'm seeing the gospel explode in a fresh way, it's not one person. It's a group of people coming together, and they're saying, God, I want to be a martyr every day. I want to die to myself every day. I want to live my life in a way where I lay down my life. And listen, if you think you can lay down your life in the way that you need to in order to reach the world around you, you're just like the guy with his hand out, out the car holding onto the mattress. I got it. I got it. Listen, why not allow the man who bore the greatest sacrifice the world's ever seen help you sacrifice your life? That's what the great power is for. Listen, you waking up every day and going, Jesus, please help me. I don't want to go to work, but Lord, I want to tap into something. That's what miracles look like. That's what miracle working power does, is it allows you to get up every single day to stand up and to step out and to fulfill exactly what God has on you. So moving forward here. But you shall receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Somebody say Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And in all Judea, Samaria. someone say Samaria, and say to the ends, the, the ends of the earth. Now, this is where the Great Commission gets really specific, okay? Because in each one of those situations, what, 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 what Jesus is doing is he's breaking down in specificity exactly where the gospel is going to move forward. See, because he starts in their hometown. When he says all the nations, how many of you have ever been on a missions trip before? Raise your hand, locally or internationally. Okay, this is great. Isn't it easier to love people that aren't in your hometown? It's like I could go to anywhere in the world and just be like, oh, it's so good to see you. I walk up to strangers, do you know who Jesus is? And they, have, they think that's a relative I'm looking for, no clue what's going on. But I just have this like, I'm running around like a Labrador just giving away the love of God. And when I get back to my hometown, I'm like, oh, there's my school teacher. Oh, gosh. There's my ex-girlfriend. Or in, my, or in my man's case, many ex-girlfriends. You know what I'm saying? You said like, yeah, all the girls like you and stuff. You and Breno have a tough time in Centerville, okay? It's like you, you, everywhere you go, you get clammed up. So when Jesus says, you shall, okay, Breno said he can't make it today. He says, Prior, priorities, smiley face. He just sent me the text. <laughs> I love you, bro. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You're going to get power. You're going to lay down your life. You're going to start right here. I'm like wait what? I thought this was over there. It was so much fun over there. Jesus said start in Jerusalem meaning your home town. See, cuz the great commission isn't just the nations, friends, the great commission is your neighbors. See, the Great Commission is so easy and fun, and we can get a lot of finances going, and we can get a lot of excitement going for trips overseas. And I'm so glad that this house, that this tribe, you guys love the nations, you guys do regular missions trips. But the Great Commission starts right next door with the neighbor that you fight about the the property line. You know what I'm saying? When, when, when they mow a quarter of an inch on your side, you're like, oh, I'm sensing some great power, but it's this power. You know what I'm saying? I'm sensing some great power, but I'm about to throw down. Like something, it, it, everything hits the fan and everything gets like, like, like focused in your mind when Jesus says, I want to start here, actually. How does the gospel move forward? I want you to reach this area right here. I want you to saturate this area with my presence and my love. And my goodness, don't just live here and minister over there. I want you to live here. I want you to minister here. And this is what I love about the family of God is, yes, this church is in Centerville, but all of you live in probably different towns. You probably live in many different towns. That's what the Great Commission looks like. It's saying, where do you live as a follower of Jesus? Start there. Now, some of y'all, you're going like, Alex, you don't know what kind of hole I'm in with my neighbors or my workplace or my family. Listen, then I challenge you right now, start to pray and say, Jesus, first change my heart. And I want to receive some of that great power. Because what they need, they don't need another Christian to come in and tell them Christian stuff. What they need is someone who's so radically changed and filled with the great love of God. And filled with the great power by the Holy Spirit, miracle working power. They need that person transformed by God to walk into their life and walk into their space. And that don't pray for Pastor Don to visit. He's too busy. He's working out. He's buying houses. He's shooting guns. He can't come to your place. God wants to send you. And that's just, that's just what he does on Tuesdays. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what he does the rest of the week. <laughs> and then friends, and then, then Jesus says something that really shens, sends shivers down their spine. He says, Jerusalem, of course he had to say this, in all Judea. Somebody say all Judea. You have to understand, in Bible times, that's the rival town. What's the rival town of Centerville, Pastor? All the That's it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, does Sturgis, does that make sense if I say that or no? Is there a rivalry in football with Sturgis in Centerville? Menden. See, I'm getting angry right now. Menden, <laughs> they sound like they think they're better than us. No, I'm <laughs> I want to fight them right now. No, here's the deal. Like, check this out. When Jesus says Jerusalem, they get introspective about their own behavior. Come on, somebody. When I say God's calling you to reach your town, you go, ooh, okay. Then He says Judea. Now there's a little bit of an emotional turmoil, some sweats going on, because they're talking about the next town over. And I love how Jesus said Jesus knows how to stick it in. He says, "Up, uh, you shall be voices in Jerusalem." in all Judea. It's just like he had to throw the word all in there just to get them triggered, you know? And so now they're starting to get amongst themselves. They go, wait, 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 didn't we have that one apostle who, who left the group and he, he planted a church over there in Judea? And it's thriving, They have five services. They feed the homeless in our city. Like, what are we going to do? And then, you know, they work it out the Christian way. They find someone who lived there before in Judea amongst themselves. Okay, we feel from God. You're supposed to be the one to go over there and actually reach those people. So they're starting to figure it out. But you have to understand the temperature is rising. And here's the reason why. It's because sometimes the higher the clarity of the mission, the higher the internal struggle of the messenger it's easy to say God save my family when he says I want you to take Uncle Frank out to lunch and share your testimony You're like, ah, I feel busy all of a sudden wait God you you, you always, I always start out spiritualize God but Lord I was gonna fast that day Lord I was gonna fast for your kingdom and your power to come upon me no sometimes the higher the clarity of the mission of what does it look like for Jesus to fill your life and use you, a lot of walls come up. That's what's starting to happen. Am I preaching to anybody? I know I'm preaching to my wife right now. Jody's getting something out of this. We'll do an altar call. And, Brano, you better listen to this on tape, bro, because I'm coming for you, man. Um, you have to understand, the temperature is starting to rise. And then, in the disciples' minds, it gets worse. Because check this out. Then he says... And Samaria. Somebody say Samaria. Samaria. Samaria doesn't represent a region, it represents a people. And the Samaritans, if you know your Bible well, edge Bible school students, you'll learn this soon. I'm plugging it again. Jesus and the Samaritan woman. That was scandalous for many, many, many reasons. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is approaching a woman one on one in the middle of the day. Not good. She has as many husbands as a, you know, a Jerry Springer episode has. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's a scandal. It's like the disciples like, oh, Jesus, we don't fraternize with those kind of people. Like leave that to others. You know, leave that to the experts. But it's also the fact of why that story is so scandalous when Jesus meets the woman at the well. It's because she's a Samaritan woman. These are outsiders. These are people you don't want to talk to. These are people you don't want to be seen connecting with. Jesus shares the story about the good Samaritan. <laughs> that story, I, can't, I mean, to me, it gets me triggered when I think about it. I can't imagine how livid they were hearing that story. Because Jesus talks about a good Jewish boy walking down the road, crosses the other side. The lead pastor of the biggest church walks down the road, sees, goes to the other side. The best tither and giver comes down the road, sees, goes to the other side. Then a Samaritan man is the hero in the story that goes to them and loves him and restores him and gets him a place. That is scandalous, not because the pastors didn't do it. It's because Jesus chose someone in that society that was the outcast that no one wanted to do anything with to be the hero. The greater the clarity, the higher the resistance. Jerusalem, Judea, Monroe, So, Menden sorry Monroe though too who's from Monroe here no I'm joking <laughs> we were just in Monroe New York for a family thing the Samaritans oh oh you guys know the story of Jonah right going to reach the the Ninevites those were considered the Isis of their day you would also want to get eaten by a fish, okay? Let's not, hate on, let's not hate on Jonah, okay? You'd be right there. In fact, the fish wouldn't even spit you out. He would just, you know, he'd just, you'd dissolve in his stomach. You wouldn't want to go out. You'd be holding on to the sides and the gills. You would not want to go because God was calling him to reach a people that it wasn't just like, I don't want to go there. There was an emotional resistance to the gospel saving them. Am I preaching to anybody right here? Are, are there people in your life different backgrounds, different religions, the LGBTQ plus Delta, I don't know what they are now, that community, does it do something emotionally where you mentally know, Lord, save them. Something rises up in you, though, of resistance to seeing the gospel go to those people. Jesus is calling us in this hour. I'm telling you, globally, this isn't a word just for us here in Centerville, globally, something is happening where God is renewing Acts 1-8 in our day. And he's saying, church, if you hear me, I have a great power for you for a great sacrifice to reach your city, the rival next door, and the people that don't belong. I don't know. Just listen to the tape again, okay? I don't know why I keep on saying tape. We're not in the 80s. This will be on Facebook Live. Are you with me this morning? He's calling us. And it all goes back to receiving great power. Because if you think you can love on those that are least lovable in your own strength, guess what you are. Do it with me now. I got it. I, no, they'll eat you up and spit you out. You and your own love trying to reach those that are least lovable is not going to work out. You're actually going to further anger them towards the gospel you're going to get hurt and wounded from that situation. But there's a source that we can tap into in this hour to receive great power. Lastly, he says this, and to the ends of the earth. Finally, the disciples like, whew, finally something vague. Okay, this is good. They had no clue where this would lead them. But Jesus is saying, if you want to look at the flow of how my kingdom moves forward, how does the Great Commission expand and grow in this hour, is you're going to start in your hometown. You're going to go to the next city over. You're going to love and reach the unlovable and unreachable. And finally, you'll take the gospel to where it's never been before. So friends, simply put, as I close, is this. What God is breathing on us as a church in this hour is God is calling us to reach the unreached and the unchurched. Say it with me, unreached and unchurched. God is breathing on us in this hour. God is saying to us in this hour as a church, will you tap into me deep enough? Will you receive fresh power from me every single day that you can go and not just hang out with other Christians, go and not just hang out with the people that you like, but every single one of us in this hour is being called to a fresh expression of Acts 1-8 where we see the gospel go to the unchurched. These are people who have never stepped foot inside of a church. They've never been a part of a Christian family. They never had a session of worship like we just had right now. These people are not just atheists. They are unchurched. They have no reference point. For what a house like this is. They're just living their life, slugging it out every single day. They've never had a friend or a pastor come alongside them, put their arm around them and say, you're going to make it. They've never had someone come alongside them and say, hey, I know you can't buy your groceries this week. I'm going to pick up that tab. You treat yourself right now. Go on DoorDash, you scroll through the thing, you order it, you can use my account, we're gonna take care of your family. These are the unchurched, and friends, they're everywhere. I'm not talking about a tribe in India. I'm talking about in your own backyard. Unchurched families, unchurched couples, unchurched young adults, they are everywhere, and God's calling us in this hour to be his hands and his feet to love them in a fresh way. Specifically, I believe this. Listen, right now, in Michigan, there are 28 college towns in Michigan. I believe God is doing something, putting something on the church to go after the next generation. 29 college towns. Centerfield, baby, right here. (laughs) University City, right here, baby. College towns where thousands of students gather from all over. They've just been through the greatest, most awkward, confusing season of their life. Some freshmen at college, some of you are in this room, some freshmen at college never even stepped foot on a university this last year. They're coming back into school on campus now, almost as freshmen again. God is calling us in this hour. Will you reach the unchurched? Will you go after them with a strategic prayer initiative? Will you go after them? Will you prayer walk those campuses? Will you plant churches in those, in those college towns? Will you be strategic about reaching them because they are the generation that's going to take the gospel further? You see, I believe something about this up and coming generation Gen Z. Where are my Gen Zers at right here? Let me hear you hoot and holler. Let me hear you. I see you, Brenda. Let me hear you hoot and holler. Gen Z. Wow, settle, slow down, settle down, guys, okay? Listen, I'm a millennial, okay? So I call us the Labrador generation, where stuff was shiny. We went, ah, ah, there's a thousand young people gathering. Ah, oh, that sounds fun. I wanna do that. There's bright lights and smoke at the worship night. Ah, <laughs> that sounds fun. I'm gonna get to meet the Holy Spirit. That, that was my generation. This upcoming generation, you can tell by their lack of excitement, but this up and coming generation, They're not like that. They're not hype men, okay? What they want is they want something real. They want something genuine. They don't want the fake stuff and the smoke and the mirrors and the lights and the perfect branding and the perfect website. Listen, they read the news. They hear what's going on at Hillsong. They hear what's going on at all these other churches everywhere. They don't want that. They want something real. And what's real? Look at your neighbor. Say, that's real. That's someone who every day will wake up and say, Jesus, I come before you, and I'm tapping into some great power. Why? So I can be a great sacrifice. Why? So I can reach my world, the world next door, God, the world around me that's unreached, that nobody wants anything to do with, and to see your gospel move forward. The other thing that I feel right now in this season is that God is calling us not just to go after the unchurched in a fresh way, but also the unreached You see, right now, there's 7,000 unreached people groups on planet Earth. 7,000 people groups that are, like, distinct. They have their own food, their own language, their own culture, their own tribe. Like, they can live in the same... There can be a town next door over from where they're at. Completely different people group. Different language, different culture, different recipes. Everything's different. The way they tell stories, everything about it's different. There are 7,000 of them still on planet Earth. And I believe God, in this hour... It's not just, once again, it's not the West going to the rest. God in this hour is globally gathering His church. He's gathering His bride for such a time as this to gather together and to go after the unreached. Right now, we actually have seven organizations Elam Fellowship's one of them. Seven organizations are coming together to plant a base of missions in Thailand. And the reason we feel this right now is, one, we feel prophetically for such a time as this. God is saying to do this right here. But more prophetically is we believe to start a base, and not just to be a base like a a YWAMDTS short-term thing. It's not just to come in and do short-term trips, which we will do that, but also an apostolic sending base to the nations. You see, because we've identified 100 gateway cities in the 1040 window. The 1040 window goes from Eastern Asia all the way to Western Africa. And it's a, it's a latitude, longitude thing. And it's where all the unreached people groups of the world are. Very smart missions people have done this for us, okay? They've done all the hard work for us to draw a map where these unreached people groups are. And now I feel God saying in this hour, not Alex do it, these, together, globally, let's gather our resources, come together in a fresh way, and take the gospel further. Um, If you know Heidi Baker and Iris Iris Global, they're one of the organizations that are in on this thing. Uh, Numerous organizations, Southeast Asia Prayer Center, Project Amazon, Eagles Wings. These organizations are coming together, representing millions and millions of believers all around the world for such a time as this, to have a base in Thailand, to train up missionaries and families to take the gospel into those cities. God is calling us in this hour to reach the unchurched and the unreached. As I close, here's here's my question for you. In order to step out in these ways that I'm talking about, to reach the unreached, to reach the unchurched, I believe, friends, that there are certain things in our lives that need to be undone. I believe when God gives us a clear mission to take the gospel in a fresh way, God calls in a clear mission to take the gospel to the next town over those limitations and those things rise up in us. And friends, I have exciting news. I think this morning, those things are coming down. I believe this morning, those chains that have held you up, those strongholds, those mindsets, those insecurities, those things that leave you always on the outside looking in, Jesus is gonna come today. He's gonna fill you with a great power, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, and those chains are gonna go, amen? I'm going to call up. I know I just said the keyboardist before, but can we actually get the worship team up here? Are we still in the building? I know I've been on worship teams before. I know sometimes you bounce out. But. Because I want us to sing Do It Again. Whew. And that's going to be our declaration song this morning. I've been trying to read this guy's Chinese on his shirt all the whole time. Yeah, it says da, he, something. Big and I can't know what the last thing is. Okay, I hope it's not a swear word. We'll figure it out, yeah. We'll look that up later. See, friends, even Peter, an apostle, had to go through this process I'm talking about now. In Acts 10, there's an amazing story of a, a ruler who has a vision of Peter and says, call forth this guy named Simon Peter to come to me. At the same time, Peter has the revelation, we all know, the great white sheep. And on top of that, it's like a buffet like Eddie made us yesterday. It's got some pork ribs on there. It's got some fried pigeon on there. It's all these things. And Peter has this moment of saying, God, no, what is that? I don't know what that is. It's not for me. And then he goes before this guy, and he's a Gentile. And up until this point, the gospel and the kingdom of God is for the Jews. And Peter's having this major emotional moment with God, and even says to the guy when he first meets him, hey, here's the deal. I know that you called me here, but this gospel is kind of for us. I'm so sorry, man. You know, I, I can pray for you maybe a little bit. And then, bam, Peter gets the revelation. And here's the revelation found in verse 38. God shows no partiality. And isn't it beautiful in First Peter, Peter's the one who writes, God desires that none should perish, but what? All would come into reconciliation with the Father. Friends, that's the revelation we need right now in our day. I don't know what these next months will hold. I know the the social justice situation was wild. I know that the COVID situation was wild. I know that the political station was wild and all the things going on. I, I don't know what the future holds, but I can tell you something. If we get this revelation of God, you want to see my world reached. God, you want to use me in a fresh way. God, you want to fill me with great power so I can make a great sacrifice to see the great message of Jesus spread in a fresh way. If we can have that revelation, friends, it doesn't matter what happens. You can watch CNN or not watch CNN. It doesn't matter because you're tapping into something that is so far greater than any mental stimulation or mental gymnastics you can do to get through your world. You're tapping into a greater power that is above every situation in your life. Amen. So I invite you to stand up. We're going to sing this and declare this song together. Jesus, we come before you, and we want that same revelation this morning, Lord God, that you show no favoritism, that you desire all men to come to you. God, our families, our workplaces, our cities, the nations, Lord God, the next town over, the ends of the earth, Lord Jesus, the college towns, the unreached tribes that are around, God, you desire all of them to come back into relationship with you. So Jesus, here we are in good old Centerville. Going back to what Pastor Don was sharing before I came up. A place, who not, nothing good comes out of Centerville. Nothing good comes out of Bethlehem. Here we are in this place where we know miracles happen. Here we are in this place where we know your love is strong, your presence is strong. So God, I pray that as we step out in a fresh way to reach the unreached, to go after the unchurched, God, I pray right now things would be undone in our lives. Lord, mental blocks that we have, God, things in our lives, shackles, chains to sin, Lord Jesus, they're going to fall today so we can be unencumbered running after you in this mission. Let's sing together. Thank you, Jesus.
4: Walking around these walls. I thought by now it fall But you have never
6: fed me yet. Come on, if you want prayer this morning, I want you to come up front right now. Let's respond together. If you want to respond, come up front right now.
4: Waiting for change to
6: come. Come on, you're just saying, God, I'm all in.
4: Knowing the battle's
6: one. I'm all in, God, for this mission.
2: For you have never failed me yet. Oh, yeah, You have done Your, Your promise still stands great
6: ready for some fresh power this morning. If you want a fresh infill, I want you to lift up both hands right now. Jesus, we receive a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit. God, we receive fresh power for the fresh mandate. God, for the fresh mission of heaven that you're on, Lord Jesus. Right now, we're sons and daughters with our hands lifted high, not begging for you to come, but asking you. And you said, if you ask of me, I will give you. If you ask for an egg, I won't give you a scorpion. If you ask for a loaf of bread, I won't give you a rock. How much more then? If you ask for the Holy Spirit, will I give you the Holy Spirit? So that's what we come before you, God. We're asking you to fill us with a fresh power right now. Jesus, come as our hands are lifted up. God, we receive a fresh baptism of fire. God, a fresh baptism of focus. God, a fresh baptism of strength that we can draw from you in a fresh way, Lord God. We receive that right now, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. We receive it right now, God, in this fresh way. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to invite up front people. that I'm not, I'm not calling you to the nations. Don't think that. Remember, I'm, I'm a bad recruiter, okay? But I'm calling. I want you to come up front. And I want the pastors. I want Jody, my wife here, the elders. If you're saying, I'm not sure what it means exactly, but I'm in in a fresh way. If you want to give a fresh commitment to say, I don't know what it looks like. I see the mission of God. I see how God is bringing in this hour, his kingdom further. If you have a fresh commitment saying, God, I'm in. I don't know what it looks like. I need you up front right now because I believe there's a fresh impartation for you, a fresh prophetic word for you, a fresh power, a fresh blessing that is coming upon you in this hour. I call you up front right now. Come on up. You're saying, God, I'm in. I don't know what it looks like. I'm not trying to figure it out, but I'm here, God. Here's my heart, God. Here's my life, Lord Jesus. Here's my future, Lord God. Here's my finances. Here's my passions. Here's my purpose, Lord Jesus. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm saying I'm in. I'm all in in a fresh way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm still in your hands. This is my God.
1: some clarity to us as a church why this word is an on time word we, our vision statement is to be the people of God in the community to impact the community and you can look through the scripture and you can see that every global move of God had a starting point in the local you're going to start right here but where we start is not where we finish hello somebody And I'm with Alex, and this word is clear. God has given us vision. God has given us mission. God has resourced us to start right here in Centerville. But Let me tell you something, Firm Foundation Ministries. Where we start is not where we end. Come on. Come on. Jerusalem and Judea and all of Samaria, to the uttermost parts. To the uttermost parts. In this room's the apostolic, in this room's the pastoral, in this room's the prophet, in this room's the teacher, in this room's hello, somebody the evangelist, in this room, the five-fold ministry is operating in our church. God is using that. And it's time for this church to own its mission. And it begins with your neighbor. Amen. Let me tell you something, church. If you're looking for the lost, the woods is full of them. Go get you one. You ain't got to look far. And you know how you do that? You love on them. Every opportunity you get. God is renewing us and He's restoring us. God is setting us up, positioning us strategically for His glory. For the kingdom of God to go forward, it must have a starting point. Amen? And I would say to us as a church today is another inspiration. It's another confirmation that God has a starting point in Centerville. And where we start it's not where we're going to finish. Some of us are paralyzed because life hasn't turned out like we thought it would. Amen? But when we sing a song that says we've seen you move, you move the mountains, that means we've been over that mountain before and There's no greater courage to cross that mountain again or see God do it again when we have the confidence that we've been there before. And so I don't care where we've been. I know where God is calling us because we've got the courage, the strength to know that He took us over the mountain one time before. Hello, somebody. I've seen you move. Come on.
2: You move the
1: mountain.
2: I I believe. I see. It again, you, you, made you made away made away the way when the way. there was no way, and I
1: that scripture kept coming to my mind that many are called, but few are chosen. God can correct my theology when I get there. But until then, I firmly believe that we become the chosen when we accept the call. Many are called, but few are chosen. If you want to be chosen, it's time. It's time to accept the call. Amen? Amen. Right here, right now. I'm starting right there with my next door neighbor, with my co-worker. So, Father, I pray for us as a church. We receive this word today in faith. We receive this word today in encouragement. We receive this word today in power. And, God, our ears anticipate the lost being saved, the sick being healed, the captive being delivered, Lord. God, we will see the kingdom of God here and now. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Turn around and tell your neighbor. It starts right here.